Claire Sands, My Why Audio Blog. The season of August. August. Hmm. It's a mixed bag. But here are some fun facts about August. This is my sixth blog, so I'm halfway through my To Everything There Is A Season series. And interestingly, it used to be the sixth month of the year as well. In the original Roman calendar, August was called Sextilis, Latin for the sixth month. But then January and February were added, and it was renamed after Rome's first emperor, Caesar Augustus. In a standard year, no other month starts on the same day as August, but in a leap year, August begins on the same day as February. Whereas whether it's a standard year or a leap year, August always ends on the same day of the week as November. And I'll be honest, my brain can't even work out how that even makes sense. August is also the only name of a month that features among the top 1,000 men's names. April and June being in the women's top 1,000. And if I were to go looking for poems, quotes and sayings about August, I found there's two very strong themes. Sadly, neither of which apply to me much. The first one is heat. Nice weather. I suspect for a lot of people in the Northern Hemisphere, August is the peak of summer. And that's certainly the impression you get from the poems I've read. For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, I believe it's kind of the equivalent of February. However, as you know if you've heard anything I've ever written, the weather over here in the UK is, to put it politely, changeable. We had the hottest day ever in the UK a couple of weeks ago in July, hitting 40 degrees Celsius, 104 Fahrenheit. And since then, we've had a lot of very cloudy, grey days with the odd drizzle of rain. On the 1st of August, we did have blue skies and sunshine, which was lovely, and it was about 24 degrees Celsius, 75 Fahrenheit, which is a nice standard summer day for us. However, as I looked at my weather app that morning, it was predicting a grey, rainy week ahead. Then, when I opened the app in the afternoon, I was looking at a nice, albeit cloudy, couple of weeks ahead that will be completely different again by the time this episode goes out. If I were to open the app and look at a reliable, sunny holiday destination like Turkey, it predicts solid sunshine as far as the app will scroll and sunny temperatures in the 30s, 90s Fahrenheit. Lucky them. For some countries, August is indeed the peak for weather. In fact, according to the Met Office, some of the hottest places to visit in August are Las Vegas, Marrakesh, Sicily, Kos, Cairo and many more, which all get temperatures up in the late 30s. And having visited Las Vegas in September, in what felt like it must have been its full heat, I can definitely see why it's top of the list. I have never been anywhere that stayed so hot after the sun went down, nor have we walked anywhere else in the world where I had to stop in almost every shop along the street just to get into the air conditioning for a break. Except Dubai, but that was so hot at 46 degrees Celsius, 115 Fahrenheit, that we just stayed indoors. Even the camera refused to open its lens outside of the air conditioning. Here are some poem verses about August. August by Annette Wynne. August days are hot and still, not a breath on house or hill, not a breath on height or plain, weary travellers cry for rain. But the children quickly find a shady place quite to their mind, and there all quietly they stay until the sun has gone away. August is too hot for play. An August Cricket by Arthur Goodenough When August days are hot and long and the August hills are hazy, the clouds are slow, and winds also, and brooks are low and lazy. And William Cullen Bryant wrote this. The quiet August noon has come. A slumberous silence fills the sky. The winds are still, 
the trees are dumb, in glassy sleep the waters lie. These paint pictures of somewhere I'd like to spend a hot August. In the shade, with my feet in a brook, nothing to do. That'll be my patch of heaven if anyone wants to come and join me. But you have to sit quietly. In fact, the 10th of August is National Lazy Day. However, despite the sun of August, there's also a reminder there for us as well. As Rasmina Mazud said, August is that last flicker of fun and heat before everything fades and dies. The final moments of fun before the freeze. In the winter, everything changes. And Sylvia Plath wrote, August rain, the best of the summer gone, and the new fall not yet born. The odd, uneven time. Because beyond the next four weeks lies September, a month of new school terms, slightly cooler weather, although it can still be lovely in the UK, and hints of autumn heading our way. Reminding us that with every beginning starts an ending. But we're not there yet, and that's for next month. Before that, there is a second theme of August that I found. If heat is the first, then holidays is the second. Tony Visconti said, in August, most of Europe goes on holiday. Now I know the school term times differ in different countries and hemispheres, which makes sense because summer changes depending on where you live. However, in the UK, we run our school terms from the beginning of September to July. Therefore, August is the only month of the year where there are no school days. The six-week school holidays are held across July, August and into September, making it both a blessing and a curse for August birthdays. Blessing, as a child you're never at school on your birthday. Curse, as a child you're never at school on your birthday, meaning you watch other kids occasionally get celebrated and miss out. Possible curse, you're one of the youngest in your year. Blessing, as an adult you're one of the youngest in your friend groups. So this kind of shifts from not always ideal to satisfying and smug, unless your parents kept you back a year from starting school. But that's a whole other debate I'll leave to parents. As a July baby, I only have good things to say about my birthday time of year, unlike one of my friends whose birthday often fell on the first day back in September. That's got to be one of the worst days for a birthday at school ever. Although she did love stationery, and it is officially the best day of the year for new stationery. So, you see, there's always some good to be found. So August is a time for lots of kids off school and a few smug teachers floating around on their long six-week break. The knock-on effect of this second theme of holidays is this. Social media and communication erupts into happy-looking holiday pictures and family units spending time together. Friends with children are less free if you want to see them alone as adults, possibly more free if you want to see them with the children. Holidays or any kind of break is more expensive during school holidays, so even if it is the best time for weather, it's not the best time to go away if you don't have to. Annual leave is harder to book for some people without children because parents want or need it, and therefore the overall demand for August dates goes up. Anywhere you might want to go and visit is way busier because it's the holidays. Tourist attractions, swimming pools, parks, zoos, Ikea. And the one I find hardest, especially if I'm having a bad time with my hormones and noises trigger me a bit. Kids outside screaming loudly. I do actually genuinely struggle with this sometimes. I have vivid memories of my mum telling us we had to play quietly in the garden because I quote, the neighbours don't want to hear you screaming. It turns out she was right. We don't. I'll show you what this has led me to. I actually had to hide under a duvet in the heat last week with a laptop and a different microphone to try and record anything without screaming in the background. It penetrated closed windows, giant pieces of foam fitted into the window areas. Usually all this happens at set times, after school and before tea time. But now it can happen any time of day or all day. 
This summer and last summer, I've actually sat in the, our new lovely garden to try and enjoy the water fountain on the pond. And I had to wear noise-cancelling headphones playing the sound of water to try and drown out kids shouting and screaming. And have I said anything to anyone about it? What do you think? I'm British. So that's the main theme of my August research. Heat and holidays. But I don't want to be down on August. I really do want to tease out some of the beautiful things. And of course, there's a lot going on that's amazing in nature at this time of year. Only yesterday, Chris and I went for a walk locally and we nearly stood on a snake, which was chasing a frog that had been bitten. Hmm. But seriously, the garden feels like it's at a turning point. Some plants that flowered in spring have stopped and are starting to die back. Some that flower in summer are only just starting to bloom. The heat has caused some issues with other plants, but our pond is looking more settled than ever and that's great to see. The hedgehogs are visiting every night like clockwork, and at least four or five come through the hedgehog highway with a small rattle of stones to announce their arrival. As in, that's what they step onto when they come through, not that they're actually rattling stones in a jar or anything. We've seen bullfinches in the garden, and we now have a family of goldfinches that visit. Tove Janssen said, I love borders. August is the border between summer and autumn. It is the most beautiful month I know. So there's a lot of good stuff happening. But even so... If I had to pinpoint what August does in my world, I would say, unintentionally and through no fault of its own, as a childless person, August is almost everything you don't want to be reminded of. Ultimately, I've noticed recently this month feels like it tries to define me and it creates questions that I just don't want to look at. Henry Rollins said, August brings into sharp focus and a furious boil everything I've been listening to in the late spring and summer. So what do I mean by questions? Well, it prompts questions in me, like, if I can't enjoy my garden or do my writing or podcasting in silence, do we need to move house? Are we enough as a two? When I look at families on holiday enjoying time together, are our life choices enough for us? Will we ever get over what we're missing out on? Can we sustain the peace we have long term, or will watching what we don't have and living around it eventually break us? Am I less of a human because I don't ever hear a child calling for me or needing me in any way? Am I more dispensable? What does it feel like to have parts of your year change and your family be around you as a bigger unit during the day when they're home from school? Without the play element of children in our life, will we grow too serious and bitter? Does it get worse when our friends are grandparents because it's an even better role than parenting to enjoy? Would people invite us to do things with them more if we had children? Are we missing out on friendships and connections because we don't have children? And for anyone that knows me well, you'll know these aren't needless questions that I pluck out of thin air and try on for size. These stem from watching the experiences of others, with or without children. They come from places inside me that are desperately trying to stay soft and not harden up, while taking a pounding at the same time. They come from trying to walk the balance of staying involved, as others have suggested, requested or even insisted we do, and being more hurt in the process. Then there are questions from others that come in August. Are you going away? Do you have any plans over the next few weeks? What are you doing for the holidays? These often come with a side of other comments. Must be nice to not have to go away in August. Ugh, can't wait till they go back to school. It's so lovely to have quality time with the children at home and all of us together. Nothing about August changes our household, but we live in a society that now seems to think the school terms apply to everyone. We even build communities around it. Since our childless journey started, I found it hard how communities like churches often work around school terms, 
with the assumption no one will be around over the school holidays. And I've known single and childless people leave the church for that reason. So as things shift and get quieter in some aspects of my life, and busier in others, like the zoos and the tourist attractions that I will be mostly avoiding, I feel like I'm left answering questions, for myself and from others. Yes, it's possible to have a full life without children. No, I'll never get over it and will carry the grief and pain of that to some extent until I die. Yes, we have the freedom to go away when it's quieter and cheaper. No, we're not going away this month, it's just a normal working month for us. Yes, if we had children, we'd have more invites and things to do. No, those friendships wouldn't necessarily be built on anything but children getting together. But surely that's better than none. Some questions create more questions. Yes, I may need to think about moving house at some point. No, I won't be making the garden child friendly. It'll be wildlife friendly with things that sting and things with spikes. Yes, August causes me to question a lot. No, I won't let it make me bitter and sad. Yes, this is a lot of statements you didn't ask for. No, this isn't the last one. Yes, I will finish on a happier note. Well, I say happier note, I don't owe it to anyone to find a happy note to finish on, but equally I never want anyone to believe there is no hope in a situation. I'm beginning to understand Al Alronowitz when he said, August is the month when wars start. It's when the water dries up and the spirit begins to wither. Insomniacs pull down their shades and lock themselves in their rooms in August. Long-life friends have fistfights. People feel like they're going to burst. Sometimes they do. There is always hope, even if we can't always find it for ourselves. We can offer it to others. I never want anyone to hear my story of a childless life and for it to negatively impact their own in any way, or cause fear in anyone that worries this might be them one day. This is why I'm doing the podcast, listening to life stories of people who have been through trials, heartache, pain, grief but who have still got the courage to stand up and say, this is my story, it's not easy, but it's mine, and I'm turning it into something that helps others. And that's all the inspiration I need to keep going. Stories of loss and grief always inspire me, always motivate me, always help me, they've never depressed me. The only tears I've shed through meeting our guests are through feeling the pain of their situation and having been so touched that they'd want to share it with others to bring hope. But equally, I don't have the answers to many of these questions I'm posing, and that come at me. I don't know why children didn't happen for us in any form. I don't know why my health has struggled for so long. I don't know why, having had a pretty good head on my shoulders, I haven't found my niche in life or a career, and I currently earn £4 a month. I don't know how to just move past those days when I feel like a failure. I don't know how to find joy in other things, or why the joy of a family is yet to be replaced with something else in our lives. I don't know why I finished my book the same time as the rest of the world during Covid, and have no idea where to take it next. I don't fully know who I am or how people see me. And when I come up against all the things I don't know, I have to look at what I do know. I do know that I love it when I catch a glimmer of blue sky and it's more special because it's rare. I do know I love podcasting and helping people learn about loss and work through their grief, even if it takes all my hours and pays nothing back in money. I do know I love to write fiction and one day, if I have to sit and print it and bind it myself, I'll see it look like a book. I do know I love my husband, my best friend, and he makes me laugh every day. I do know I want to make him proud, and so I will never give up on finding solutions for health issues, for a job I enjoy, and to be the best wife I can be. I do know I'm loved by God, and frustrating as it is at times, there is a plan for my life. I do know I appreciate you listening right now, and even though I might not even know you, I love you for it. I do know I love strawberries, and August is great for those. I do know marzipan will always be there for me, even if I can't always afford it, 
I do know I could go on for longer, but I need to finish this list. So rather than the lazy, hazy summer days most poems portray about August, I find it to be a time of questions, pondering, challenge and confusion. Which is interesting in itself because I'd never realised this before. And having come to this realisation, it's made me determined to find ways to enjoy August while it's here. Because it doesn't last for long, and I don't want my inner turmoil to be what dictates my outer enjoyment. Ralph Marston said, What you do today can improve all your tomorrows. Mm-hmm.